What the fuck? Oh my god, I have to put an explicit rating on this episode. That phone's disconnected. I better pick it up and see who it is. Hello? 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 Who's this? This is Dan. Who's this? I don't know who this is. I don't remember my name. But you you don't even remember who this is? I just told you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know who you are. You're Dan. Say it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But you don't remember your name. I don't remember my name. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh, you, God. All but I you remember, sound so familiar. Yeah. Oh, what do God. you remember? I, all I remember was... Uh, uh, I was I was I was recording into a microphone, uh-huh. and uh, and 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 I, you know, I I had finished uh, recording a a podcast, <gasps> and and it was late. It was midnight, and it was a dark and stormy night. That's that's crazy. It was fucking scary. That must have been hell on the audio. So much background noise. Ugh. It, and I. I, I spent most of the night trying to clean up that audio <laughs> because it was so so distracting in the background. And wait, then, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah. Wait, is this Rob? Uh, eh, maybe. Let's. Uh, what? Maybe. Oh no, your video just kicked on, Rob. Oh. Oh. You. Wait, I think oh, you're on. suffering. Yeah, you turn the turn the mids all the way down on your. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you that, go. You're back. Is that better? Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. You, you must have fallen asleep on the uh, on the mixer while you were trying to clean up the audio from our dark and stormy night episode. Oh god, that was such and a fucking brutal episode to probably bonked your head, suffered short term memory loss. Well, yeah, I'm always I always walk into a room head first, so I don't know what's gonna happen, but yeah. Um, well. How was how are you able to answer this phone? Well, it's um, it's actually is a Streamyard recording. Oh, when I said it, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not impressive at all. All right, no, it's not. And I guess when I said it was disconnected, I was being a pathological liar. Fucking, oh, I knew it. That must be it. And that's every loose end tied up. So nothing left to say now. But this week on King Me, never talk to strangers. This is wait no mm. edit point <laughs> this week on Hill of the King never talk to strangers this is the black phone Bobby? D- Danny? <laughs> uh, Hill me. Yeah. Welcome to Hill of the King, a King Me subsidiary. King Me, of course, being the official Stephen King movie podcast, the official podcast of Kinging Me, mm-hmm. of siring Joe Hill's mother, whose name is Tabitha? Siring her mother? His mother? Isn't that, isn't that like when you get on? They call that siring? I thought that was when, like... 
uh, you sire like a like a child. I thought that's what, like when you produce a child. I could be wrong. Uh, let's see. Let's have see. I been using sire wrong this whole time? To, f- to father. So kind. Okay. So he f- sired. He sired Joe Hill. Sired Joe. Right. He fucked. <laughs> Tabitha King. Yeah, fuck Tabby. Yeah. <laughs> he dicked down, so to speak. Right. All right. This is disgusting. Probably already. to Lou Bega's Bombo number five, if I had to guess. <laughs> A little bit of Tabitha in my study. Oh, man. How many times did he throw Tabitha's name into that song and sing it to her? Oh, yeah. Right. Just every line, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is. Uh, Hill of the King. Um, uh, uh, sort of like we sired this show from our original show. Yeah. Um, we did do that. It's also the beginning of phone month. (laughs) That's of course. (laughs) Let's not lose sight of that. Um, phone month, 2023. Um, and of course that I think we all know what that means, but if you don't, of course, everybody, we don't have to tell everybody. Everybody knows what phone month is. We've been talking about it for months. That means we're doing the black phone this week. Right. And then next, uh, main feed is of course, um, Mr. Magorium's Teleforium. <laughs> So it's called Mr. Harrigan's Mr. Harrigan's phone. Yeah. So we're yeah, we're doing uh we're doing this 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 here black phone. And then uh we have Should we um should we make it a true phone month and fill in the bonus episodes with phone related content? I mean we can, yeah. Phone booth. What if we what if we did? Hear me out. Yeah. So we do one episode about um, phone booth. Okay. Yeah, you on board so far? Yeah. Second episode is we do an hour and a half long breakdown of Dan Ninen's Samsung Galaxy joke. What? That's the one where he says, "We've been over this." What is it? Tell me again. It's the. It's that. Hacky comedian who's got the joke about how like the Samsung Galaxy it was like what exploded at the Boston bombing site <laughs> because the, that was like this. at the that was at the time when like the battery is whatever generation yeah, yeah, like they were having those yeah. issues with batteries. I remember those right, two so we, things being relatively uh, you know within the same decade. <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. We won't do that. We won't do well, that at okay. all. We're, we'll we, do. We will. We should do to, phone booth. Well, maybe we'll do phone booth. I don't. I've never seen that movie. Maybe. Is it good? I'm. It's a Schumacher. Sure. I'm pretty sure it it's, is. It's written by Larry Cohen, who okay. we love. Larry Cohen on this show. He, yeah, we are. You might say, uh, get get me a toilet roll of toilet paper because I'm a bit of a Cohen head. That's right. We you can, yeah. we've been. Some people have even called us the Cohen brothers. Um, the. Uh, Larry Cohen, of course, wrote and directed Return to Salem's Lot, one of our faves. Yep. Um, and just a bunch of uh, the stuff. Uh, okay, Rob. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry to cut you off, uh-huh. but um, so Larry Cohen wrote Phone Booth, and then two years later, he wrote Cellular. We have to do it. <laughs> uh, all right. 
Fuck. We okay. have to do we it. We have to do that. All right. It's co. It's Foen month. It's Foen month. <laughs> it's Foen. Oh, no. Welcome to Foen month. All right. Well, you guys heard it here. It's, it's <laughs> no longer Phone month. It's Foen month. And and we're at the exciting outset of it. Right. 2021's The Black Phone. Right. So written, directed, and starring Joe Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine he casts himself as the, the little boy. As a little boy. You do kind of get the sense he feels like a little boy, right? Uh, I mean, only because he, he looks like a, a little version of Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, a younger version of King. But he's also always writing about... I mean, I guess Stephen King did a lot of that himself. But there's like... All he wants to do is write like YA, it seems. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, it all feels, but I don't know, it sort of feels the same way that, like, Stephen King books are, like, yeah, a lot of people pick up their first Stephen King book when they're, like, 12, 13, something like that. Like, Mm. you know, they're, they want to read above their, you know, reading level or whatever. And Stephen King writes, you know, interesting shit. Um Oh, not me though. I, I, I mean, famously, we think we've only read the the books for the bonus show. <laughs> right? Yeah, you pick up your first Stephen King book when you're thirty two, <laughs> right? Thirty five, forty. 40. <laughs> um, learning to read. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. We're just learning to read here. Uh, so yes, uh, re- so directed by um, Scott Derrickson, who. Uh, Scott Derrickson, he's been uh, he's been around for a while. He's he directed the first uh, Doctor Strange movie. He directed Sinister from like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else is this guy up to? He's done. Uh, oh, he did the he did do the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still with mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves as an alien. Keanu Reeves and Jennifer Connelly, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, that's not so good. So I have a false memory of seeing War of the Worlds in IMAX. I actually saw this in IMAX, <laughs> and I feel the need to clarify because I feel like I maybe mentioned it on mic. Sure, I'd, yes. Um, not great. Not a great movie. Not great. But I will all. say, uh, I re- I enjoy Sinister a lot. I think that is a like a pretty pretty solid horror movie. People really like that one, yeah. Yeah, that it, it's it is good, um, and and I mean the first first Doctor Strange is fine, as far as you know Doctor Strange movies go. <laughs> he's drawn he's drawn crazy circles. Yeah, I mean he draws a lot of circles. Mm. Um, written by uh, Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, who so, co-wrote Sinister with yes. him. Yes. So they they have like a, a little bit of a, a partnership going on. Um, Cargill also um, he was a writer on Ain't It Cool News for many many years. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I think he wrote his uh, his name there. I think was Quint. I could be wrong, hmm. but you know, obviously. Once that site, once uh, what's his name, Harry Knowles, uh, like everybody was like, oh yeah, that guy's a super creep, and and the yeah. the site sort of like everybody just jumped ship, and mm. 
uh, smart, you know. This is I gotta say this is like a this may be is it possible this is before my time? No. What the this website? I, I this is just something I think I know nothing about. Oh really? Oh so yeah. Any cool news was like it. Uh, are you on it right now? I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, but I can foc I can focus. Oh well, on no, our, I don't com- care. On our conversation, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, it it was just like a, a movie news sort of website, and it's kind of at a time when like not everybody was doing it before social media, you know, and mm. all of these, a lot of these guys had access to, um, firearms. Well, yeah, no, they had access to like, um, movie sets and things like that. They were like pretty respected. The, the guy who started it, I guess, Harry Knowles is, uh, he was like, he's just, I don't know they found out like he, like I don't know, he's like groping women at like movie premieres and stuff like that. And if I mean, if you the, saw this guy, he I mean, I, <clears throat> looks like a guy who starts a movie news website. Yeah, yes, not that you know that has anything to do with groping women necessarily, but uh, just you know, super creep. Um, oh yeah, look at that. He's he's got sort of a um, he looks like a. I don't know how else to say it. A Disney Pixar yeah. rendering of a big guy. Yes. He, he's got the, the Wally. He, he has gone, he went full Wally. Um, <laughs> where he, um, he had to use like a wheelchair to get around. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well now, now I feel a little bad. Nah. Although he's a creep. So he's a creep. So shit. fuck him. Um, he, he used his wheelchair to grope to grope women, grope yeah. women and grope them. So I don't care. No good. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like, where do you get off? Like, how do you manage to develop a power trip by being the founder of? Well, the ain't it cool news. But website? that that is exactly like in that like time period when it was like at its peak, and they yeah. like they had access to like movie insiders and like they had so much. Um, I don't know. Pull like it, it was like a big deal. It was almost it was kind of around the same time that like AV Club was like doing like you know, whatever it was ten years ago yeah. when it was like yeah. peaking. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean now now we can like fucking just find any of this information anywhere, and you we're just completely inundated. Um, yeah. You want your movie news? You just subscribe to King Me Pod. That's right. Um, <laughs> Harry Knowles also has one of the most notorious uh, movie reviews ever written. Uh, he wrote for uh, he wrote a review for Blade Two, and uh, it's it's just incredibly graphic and crass the way that he is like describing how he felt in the movie, like watching the movie. Um, Should we pull up a, I mean, I, I, the, the thing that like sticks out in my mind, like a thorn was him saying that, uh, the movie watching the movie is like, uh, somebody sucking on your clit and they just, and you come and they just keep going. Um, Dude. <laughs> Dan's face right now. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, my eyes are just scanning over this, and the first thing I catch is uh, 
uh, each stroke and a and moment and a moment and each stroke and moment a hypersensitive place. Two fingers to the sweet spot. Oh, yeah. What the? Oh, it's it's really bad. And yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and it took another ten years for this guy to be outed as a, a pervert. Things just moved slower back then, you know. They did. Yeah. What the hell? And people loved this, eh? I think even back then, people read that and they were like, "Ah, oh, dude, not, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> we, we like the website and all, but this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should stay on in a strictly editorial capacity. Totally. Um, uh, so that's Cargill, whatever. Um, also starring, I want to say his name is Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mason Thames uh, as as our lead Finney and Finney Madeline McGraw as his sister Gwen uh, Ethan Hawke as the Grabber the um, Hawkster yeah right Jeremy Davies as Henry Thomas as <laughs> their dad <laughs> yeah there's a lot to unpack there including the fact that I'm pretty sure like. The most shocking thing was realizing that he wasn't wearing a wig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, but also that he's not wearing a Henry Thomas mask <laughs> is the second most surprising thing. They, it's so, I don't know, it's tough, man. Because they don't have, like, identical faces. No, they just approach this role in the exact same way. Yes. And look enough alike that you're like, right. same guy? Close enough where you're like... And, and right, you look close enough, and their mannerisms and everything are just so close that you're yeah. Like, what is this? <laughs> there's also like there's here? also the fact that like this the way the character is styled is so like costumed. Yeah, you know, like it's not the way an actual drunk look. Not that it's not, but it's like it does look like a costume of a of like a drunk alcoholic dad. Totally. Yeah. Um. And the and there's the beard factor, so it's like you're really <laughs> only getting the eyes. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anywho, uh, a King alum, right? In James Ransone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah from he was a uh, it two, uh, it was part two in it chapter two, part two, part. Mm. I, th- I think it's chapter two, chapter two. Um, it's funny. Jeremy Davies seems like the kind of guy. Oh, he's still on Davies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy who would have been in a Stephen King. Uh, adaptation at some point. Totally. Yeah. He's been around he's for like forever. <laughs> it's like I yeah, his, probably his biggest credit is is Saving Private Ryan. He played Save, which I Saving Ryan's Privates, you know. <laughs> come on, I've seen that way more times. Sure. Um weirdly Tom Hanks also in that. <laughs> yeah. He did the porn parody. He did the porn parody, but he had that uh, Da Vinci Code hair. <laughs> well, that's what I was speaking of Da Vinci Code hair. Like I was going to say, imagine Jeremy Davies in Saving Private Ryan, but he kept the haircut. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, don't know if this is period appropriate. I feel like I, I don't know if I actually want this, but I feel like there should be a movie with Henry Thomas and Jer- Jeremy Davies in it, whether they mm. like play brothers or mortal enemies or 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 identical twins. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Something. Um, Um, 
he's also this Jeremy Davies cat. He's also on Justified. You're a Justified head, right? Or you've seen it at least? No, I have not. No, no. Hmm. I wonder who that was. Uh, must have been, been one my, of your other podcast. I was co-hosts. gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. Must have been one of my other secret podcasts. <laughs> my, um, uh, what would you call like a, like a a sexual affair? But mm, on oh. your platonic podcast co-host <laughs> and also not having sex with anybody involved, but just doing a different podcast. Would you call it? Doing a different podcast? Nah, I would call that a, like uh, I would just say affair. You're having a mm. you're 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 having an affair. Is there like a French word for it? <laughs> I'm sure there is. Yeah, <laughs> the French ironic. Wouldn't that be ironic? The irony of all ironies. If the French didn't have a word for <laughs> torrid <laughs> affair. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, who else is in this? Uh, Miguel Mora plays uh, the character of Robin. I thought he was really good in this. I got to tell you, Dan, I liked this movie. It's good. It's um, it's it's, it's pretty... much better than I thought it was going to be. So that is kind of what I heard about it going into it. Okay, was that it's like better than you're expecting? Uh huh. Um, and I think a lot of that is like Ethan Hawke. Uh, I loved it. Fucking Ethan Hawke is. I mean, it's like, dude, I am a, a hawk head. I, yeah, yeah. I, I have, I've always been a fan, but I think he is like, he's just an interesting actor. He picks like interesting roles. I think. I agree, and I really like the way he approaches this, where it's like <coughs> kind of walking the line between, like, there are moments that feel very, um, kind of like emotional and real, and parts that feel. Um, what's the word? Sort of like arch villain, kind of like just movie villain, right? Yes. It's like yeah, yeah. you're reminded that you're watching a horror movie, which I think is important for the tone of the. I'm surprised this is rated R. Like, I get, uh-huh. I get why because of the gore or whatever and the language. Oh yeah, there's a lot of there's too many f bombs. Honestly, probably more than the gore. That's what does it. You say? Hey, I would think so. Yeah. Once, uh, once there's like a once someone calls someone like a. a cunt wad or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. squarely in well, our yeah. territory the little but girl this, she's like fuck fuck you jesus what the fuck yeah <laughs> i yeah jesus what the fuck <laughs> that maybe was the most annoying part to me of course but yeah what what because it's me <laughs> no or just that it was, that annoying. It was annoying okay yeah. and she's like, like right. what uh jesus uh what what the fuck what the fuckers? What the fucknicks? Yeah. What the fuckers? She, she gets one. I was surprised that she did that bad at that. Uh-huh. Um, as given how like the scene where the first scene with the detectives where she's cursing them out. Yeah. I was like, wow, this girl's like pretty good at cursing. <laughs> you know, there's like a way to do it where you don't hit it too hard and it sounds it, natural oh, it sounds coming like, out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I feel like she really nailed it at first, but like when she, I think it's probably got less to do with her ability to swear on camera and more about her ability to like act against nobody for way too, that's such a huge ask. Yeah. And also it was written badly. There's that too. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, that scene is whatever. Um, so yeah, we, so yes. Um, 
movie is set in the 70s, mid 70s, right? Which mm-hmm. like sort of explains all the language. Um, not the kids don't curse now or whatever, but like uh, the slang, the slurs, those things. Couple, couple great um, sort of slang term specifics in this. I felt yeah. Right. Uh, what's his name? The kid, the first kid, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when he when he says that Finney's arm is mint. Yes. Loved that. <laughs> Love it. And then Gwen calls Danny Bonaducci. She's like, he's so crucial. Yeah. yeah. Like, that rules. <laughs> That's a good one. We should have never lost that. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I I just I thought it was uh, it, so. <clears throat> the early stuff when they're just like sort of being kids, you know, mm. and just like going to school and whatever, getting beat up and, you know, hanging out with friends and all that shit. I was like, I, I thought that stuff was like genuinely sort of like heartwarming and also like not, the you know, not him getting beat up, but like it, it all felt like very real, mm-hmm. you know, for like a, for a kid to be like on his own and just fucking like, you know, Especially in the seventies, where like totally, <laughs> every every kid is just this latchkey kid. <laughs> you know? They're all just wandering around the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh man, um, it was a better fucking time. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. No, it's like it manages to kind of like right obviously there's like all the like bullying scenes and that is like a consistency with like Stephen King stuff too where sure. it's like the bullying is like really fucking intense mm-hmm. um and i think seeing it in here you know we always like kind of make fun of the Stephen King stuff yeah. because it's like where were all of these sociopath kids all just like carving up their fellow students with you know, switchblades and stuff. Sure. It just doesn't, you know, it always seems so exaggerated, but you know, there, what I'm forced to acknowledge is that there's an emotional truth to that, right? Where it's like, <laughs> these are the arch villains of your life. I think the, the way this movie kind of proceeds, like unpacks that really nicely where it's like the toughest fucking kid in school or yeah. whatever still gets like ripped into the darkness of death, like totally. very literally on screen. So yes. it's like, um, and again, Stephen King does that too, right? Like the one bully from it getting, I always think of him getting pulled butt first into the sewer, oh, sewer yeah, pipe yeah. in the original. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's that stuff. I loved. I also, I loved how long it went on. This how is long what went on the like before anybody gets kidnapped oh, or yeah, like yeah. before things before things kick off it's like sure 15 20 minutes probably like yeah. it's we spent it's, a lot of time with them just at it being kids yeah which i think like all of this stuff early on is really good for the for building the characters yeah and making you care <laughs> yeah totally i mean you have to do that in general but you especially have to do that I think with kids, with this premise and like with kids particularly where you're like, you need to, you need the context because like you're putting not only somebody in like a situation that nobody's ever in, but like a kid yeah. specifically. Right. So you, you gotta like put them in, put them in the world before you can rip them out of it. Totally. It, yeah. yeah. It yeah. makes all the stuff that happens when he's 
kidnapped feel way more earned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, like the kidnapping stuff is, it's so, uh, like just the idea, like obviously kidnapping is a scary thing, right? But mm. like having, uh, having everything be like basically from the perspective of these kids, you know, so they're like, you know, they're trying, they're living their lives, but at the same time, there's like just this fucking presence in the town where they're like, you know, yep. kids that they know are getting fucking scooped up. Yeah. There's a scene where, I mean, it probably happens more than once, but like, you notice it, it's like a few scenes before, uh, Finney gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. But you see the truck or the van rather just like cross in the background yeah. as the kids are going out of frame. Yep. And it's like just enough to be like, Oh, right. <laughs> We're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. This guy's driving around this town doing that. Yeah. Um, it's it, like a driving nice around of, in a, in a van before we knew to look out for vans. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, the so it opens with uh, our main character Finney. Uh, he's playing uh, baseball. Uh, he's up on the pitcher's mound, like like one uh, Dan Gagliardi. Who's this kid think he is? And like him, Dan's arm is mint. My arm is mint. That's right. Uh, and like him, I give up game running, game winning hit. <laughs> so yeah, he he's pitching and. Uh, he, he, he pitches and the kid at the mount or kid up at bat, he knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Well, he gets distracted by the girl he has a crush on, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 And then he throws a bad pitch. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't, I would actually never do that. But, but I like Game's this important. The kid that hit the ball, right? Um, like after the game, they're all like, sort of like, you know, they're doing the high five, shaking hand thing, like good game, good game, yeah. whatever. And the the kid, uh, what was his name? Do we remember? Bruce. That's Bruce. Bruce. That's Bruce. Yeah. So uh, Bruce, he's not like an asshole. He's not like he doesn't make fun of him for fucking hitting the ball off of him or anything like that. He's just like, man. Your arm is mint. Like he, he, like game recognized game kind of a thing. Yeah, you know? it's like your your arm's mint. You almost got me. You almost got me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and then we see Bruce kind of like he rides his bike through the neighborhood, and like he sees some girls, and they like kind of giggle, and he smiles at them, and uh, uh, and then yeah, we see the the van sort of pull up, and I like this when when we see like when we see a kid who's about to be abducted. We see the van and then it just sort of, it fades out. It just fades yeah. to black because like, you know what happens and it makes it, I feel like this makes it much creepier. Of course. That, that you don't actually, that you don't see him scoop the kid up and throw him in the van. You don't see any of it. You just like, you know that it happens. Definitely. Yeah. It keeps you in the perspective of, Someone who has like no idea what to right, keeps look you out for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then when it, when it's happening and you know, it's happening Yeah. and it's kind of like surreal because of how Ethan Hawke is painted up and how he's dressed. Yeah. It's just like, like it manages to still be surprising because of all that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a kidnapping, but it's just like, there's, there are these weird elements to it. Yes. That make you feel uneasy 
despite being like conditioned to know exactly what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, I was reading one of the big changes or one of the changes from the book to the movie was in the book. Uh, well in this, he says in the movie, he says he's a part-time magician and yeah. in the book, oh, okay. he's a part-time clown. Mm. What? Good change. Good, Good change. change. Uh, and by the way, this is Hill of a King, not uh, King Me, so we can talk about the book. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We're not violating any central tenets. Nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Technically, we are, um, you know, governed by the same governing body as mm-hmm. King Me, but yeah. different set of rules. Yeah. Um. So Finn, Finny, uh, he uh, he gets picked on by these bullies at school. I love this scene where he's like he goes he hides in the bathroom, and these like these three bullies they just like they come in and they're like, "We know you're in here, like fucking come out so we can fucking kill you or whatever." <laughs> yes. Um, and then then uh, the kid Robin he walks in and like Robin had just beat the shit out of somebody earlier that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, some some bigger kid was picking on Robin, and Robin kicked his ass. He f- he fully wrecks him. Yeah. He fully wrecks him, and and I love it to the like, point where like uh, yeah. Finney's like, I don't want to even look at this. This is this is too much. It's, it's that moment on The Simpsons where they're like, Stop, stop! He's already dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, uh, Robin like he knocks the kid down, gets on top of him, and just starts pummeling his face. Just like really busting it up, right? So, uh, when Robin walks into the bathroom, he uh, he walks over to the sink because he's washing like his bloody knuckles <laughs> that are still bleeding from the morning, and uh, and and you know we find out through the scene that Robin is uh, Robin and Finny are friends, and uh, Finny helps him. I think he's like tutoring him in math. I want to say, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he, you know, uh, Robin is like, if you if you ever mess with Finny again, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking kick your asses. Uh, and it scares the bullies, and they go away, right? And I, I love that, like Finny's talking to him about the fight that morning or whatever, and uh, you know, he's like, man, you you really fucking like went hard on that kid or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I I know I didn't like have to, but like I kept doing it. Because like when there's so many people standing around, you want more blood. Uh, he's like, you know, you want it for like kind of shock value. It sends a message to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, 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 I really I like that a lot. I like it's pretty good. Yeah, I like that and this kid has been in so many fights. He's like he knows the psychology of the fight. Yes, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's also sort of colored by like like one of the things that they bond over is or. It, it's not that Finney is like seen a lot of movies. They actually go out of their way yeah. to say Finney isn't allowed to see the cool movies. Like he hasn't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah, uh, or Enter the Dragon or anything. <laughs> but like this, this what's his name? The other kid, Robin. Robin is like he, he's very media literate, and yes. like you get the sense like the theatricality of the fight is not lost on him. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Right, he's he's seen enough uh, kung fu movies that he's like, I know what, like, I know, I know what works. Yeah, I know what works. I know yeah. what I like. So, <laughs> yeah, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, that, the thing about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like, you got to see it. Yeah. Right. And that becomes important later on. Yes. Not really, but I did like that they brought it back up. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So we so, get a little. Sorry. So, no, no. Um, we get that. And then we also, uh, the, the sister, Gwen, right? Um, at, uh, so like uh, the kid, I think it's I think it's still Bruce. It might be it, it might be another kid by that time. But a kid has been abducted, and um, the police come to the school and they start to, and they question Gwen because Gwen said she had a dream where she saw uh, this kid who got abducted and she saw black balloons and this van and whatever, mm-hmm. and and the cops are like. We didn't tell anybody about the black balloons. How do you know that? And and they're like the one cop is like trying to play like bad cop, and he's like uh, he says something to the effect of like, uh, "Well, there's only like two explanations: either like you saw something, and or and she's like, or what? I kidnapped him. You think <laughs> I took him? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but then so like. So she, we get like a hint of her having some sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what psychic abilities, shining, if you will. Yeah, a bit of a shine. She's got a bit of a shine to her. Yeah. Um, and then later that night, I guess, um, their their father, played by Jeremy Davies, who is a drunk, right? Um, he's he's beating her with a belt in the kitchen and just like really wailing on her. And she's like screaming, crying. And he's, he's hitting her because the cops showed up to his work and they were asking him all kinds of questions about, you know, the kidnappings and stuff because, you know, Gwen said that she had this dream. And then, you know, Jeremy Davies is like, you're not your mother. Uh, you you know these are just dreams. You you can't see anything that's actually happening. Like, you know. And then she gets pissed and she grabs like a bottle of vodka that's sitting there on the counter. And she's yeah. like, "If you hit me again, I'm gonna drop it." And he like takes a step towards her and she drops it and he just starts hitting her again. Yeah, um, I think she really outacts him in this scene. I agree. <laughs> He's I, doing like I, that. Yeah. This was the moment I realized it wasn't Henry Thomas. Cause I think he would have done a better job. <laughs> sure. But um, yeah, he, there's like this back and forth where he's like, say they're just, say your dreams are just dreams yeah. and they do it like three or four times. And she has to do it different ways each time. And this is yeah. a child. Yes. And I, it's very impressive. Honestly, uh, like minus that, you know, there are a couple scenes where she's a little too precocious or whatever. Yeah, but but again, that's the writing. That right? yes, that is the writing. Um, I, I like it, the just like her being hit with a belt, right? Like sh- the way that she's acting, like she is in hysterics. Yeah, you know, and like yeah. it looks like she's really being hit with that fucking belt. But then, like like you said, like the way that she has to say um, dreams are just dreams, right? She has to say it three or four different ways. And uh, while also being like, you know, teary eyed and upset. Uh, yeah, like dialed up to like a hundred, right. right? Yeah. And like, and 
and it, they go like, I don't, I don't know. You're right. Like it just, it, it seems like, I don't know when a kid is just like all emotion and they're like, you know, for, they yell it. Then they like, they, they grit their teeth and fucking say the words and you know, like, yeah. I don't know. You're it just really, I thought she was really good in this. I agree. Um, Hey, Madeline hey. McGraw, you've congrats. You you got our, our the hats of these two weird old men are off to you. <laughs> way to go, buddy! Hey, way to go! <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. The whoa. The, do you know? Hold yeah. on. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just looking at her IMDb here, and okay. have you ever seen American Sniper? <laughs> no. She's in it. Is she the baby? She, she does she play the doll? <laughs> uh, she plays McKenna, which I'm assuming is short for McKenna Kyle, right? Why would there be another I'm baby? Sure. Yeah. Wow. One day we're gonna have to watch American some, Sniper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're we're probably gonna have to do some like some Clint's. Uh, I mean, we maybe could, we could do the fucking. Uh, what boys on boys what's it called jersey, oh, jersey boys. boys no one knows what you're talking about <laughs> when you say boys on boys no no old, wow. old original listeners will know what we're old talking about. old heads probably won't even know what we're talking about <laughs> boys on boys was our original concept for a podcast when we decided we wanted to do a podcast together and the premise was going to be that every week we were going to watch a movie with the word boys in the title and we were going to be the boys therefore boys <laughs> on boys and our fir- our pilot episode which didn't work out at all because we were yes. just too mad was jersey boys <laughs> yeah that's right it, it was it wasn't fun we were just like this is bad this is bad um yeah. and you know that that recording is long gone um yes um never to see the light of day it's pure it's, trash it's buried under uh episodes with famous guests where we didn't record their audio. <laughs> Forgot about that. Buried one deep under, under yeah, that yeah. episode. Um, uh, a classic. Anyway, we're going to do our Eastwood series and we're probably going to call it um, probably going to call it Finding the Clint. <laughs> As an homage to what's his name for Maine at Cool News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that guy. That freak. Um. So yeah, uh, and then we we also we see Robin uh, get abducted uh, that that same day. Um, the the next day, um, well, I guess not the next day. I, you know, some time passes or whatever. Mm. Um, and uh, well, the next day because you hit pause and then fell asleep. That's twenty four right. hours. Right. The next day, I hit play again and <laughs> I continued watching. Um, no, so, uh, Finn and Gwen are walking home from school. Gwen is staying at a friend's house that night. So she's like, all right, I'm going to wherever. And Finn's like, all right, see you later. And he starts walking home by himself. And that's when, um, he like the black van is there and Ethan Hawke is like sort of, he's made up in like a weird fucking outfit and mask kind of thing and he's like oh, he's well he's yeah. not even not a mask he's just painted white is it just white it's just white uh-huh. face makeup which is like it is interesting that it was originally a clown because like yeah. they 
it seems like they're, you know, we talk about the book, we don't read the book. There must be a visual in that, right? Where it's like, he's not fully made up. He's just got like the white face makeup on. And they're just like, that's a great visual. We we should keep that. There must be. Or it's just like an absolute stroke of brilliance. Because it's so unsettling. It is really unsettling. And he's wearing like sunglasses too. Sunglasses, top top hat, hat. turtleneck coat over the turtleneck. Almost like the... It's, I can't tell if it's a turtleneck or like a kerchief or something. He's got like tied around his neck, like a, like an ascot. Oh, well that would be cool. If the, I think it's the same costume that's on the poster though. Okay. Which would make make it a turtleneck. Okay. So Finney is abducted. Um, and he is brought down to this soundproof basement, um, where the basement it's just, uh, there's a, a, a bathroom there. There's a toilet there, um, a bed and a phone that's been disconnected is hanging on the wall. Um, and the, the sort of like it importantly running out from the phone, there's like this line that goes all the way around the wall Yeah, with what looks like blood, but you know, is probably just like the rot and rust of like exposed wire or something. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, so there he is. There he is. Oh, now. he gets one. He gets one off on on the on the grabber uh, yeah. as he's being abducted. He's got like a model spaceship in his hand, and he manages to like he draw stabs blood. him in the arm. Yeah, yeah. He's Evans him. Draw blood. <laughs> he's Evans him. <laughs> he's Evans him, but good. Draw blood. Um. So the the grabber here is a super creep. Um, he obviously, but he tells, he tells Finney, he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm never going to hurt you again. Uh, I promise I'll take care of you. And if you're good, I'll let you go. And, um, he says something. He's like, I promise I won't do anything you won't like, which creepy, 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 very, very, very creepy. And we're never what I one thing I do like about this movie overall is we don't really get like a full psychological portrait of what's going on with this guy. Right. Yeah. You know, so what we find that I think the most we find out is in one of the phone calls, which um, I want. I guess I don't want to get ahead of us. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Right, well, we find out just that he is playing a game. Right. And well, yeah, basically the game is like be good and sit there until you can't anymore. And then when you finally snap and try to escape, he kills you. Yeah. You've been a bad boy. Right. He, he calls the game naughty boy. Naughty. That's right. (laughs) And the game, how he plays the game. Well, trope naughty boy. Oh yeah. Uh, fucking, uh, makes you very much. You're a naughty boy. Um, Bing Bing Partridge is naughty boy. Bing Partridge. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Crazy ass show, huh? Yeah, it's fucking weird, man. Weird stuff. (laughs) Weird, wild stuff. Uh, So the the grabber, the so the naughty boy game, um, the way that it is described to Finney, Mm. is um, so the grabber will leave the door that's usually locked. He will leave it open a bit. Yeah, and. You know, he wants the the kid who's down there to walk up the stairs, and uh, the grabber is seated in his kitchen, 
just waiting for the kid to come up the stairs so he could beat him with beat him i guess almost with a to belt death. He says yeah. with a belt with a belt um i guess that's another thing finney and i have in common we both play baseball yeah we also both play naughty boy <laughs> i'm in an adult naughty boy league <laughs> A naughty men's league. <laughs> a naughty men's. Yeah. <laughs> are you a bunch of, are you guys just a bunch of naughty boys? Uh, half of us are naughty boys and half of us are uh, belt, belt men. <laughs> grabbers. <laughs> uh, grabbers. <laughs> yeah. What position do you play? I'm grabber. Grabber. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm you, usually I play Finny, but I can play, yeah, I yeah. can play a little I'm more of a naughty boy, but I'm more of a, um, what? Oh shit! I had something useful to say. Oh no, it's gone. All right, we move right along. Um. Uh, also, so the grabber he wears this mask, and uh, the mask was designed and made by Tom Sabini. Shout out. Um. Wait, that's yeah. who my favorite gang of amateur filmmakers is named after. Yeah, right, the Savinis, <sighs> which we will be talking about them. As soon as phone month is over. Um, I never want phone month to end. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. I already forgot. Phone month. Phone <laughs> month. <laughs> this is a good show. Yeah, this is a good show. Um, the mask, it, it it's so, so creepy. Like, it elongates his face, right? It has these horns, but it also is like, it, it it's like in two pieces. So sometimes he's wearing both pieces, like the top and bottom half. Other times he's just wearing the top half, and then I think at the end he's just wearing the bottom half. Um, I don't. Know, I, I I I like the design of that. Like it's just so. It's creepy, but then the fact that it's also like comes apart and is in two pieces. And yes, like he, and, and the, he changes it up. You know, right there there are multiple mouths for it, right? Because it's yes. frowning sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's smiling. <laughs> right. Um. Which is, it's great. It, it's, it's a great little touch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, so Finney is down in this basement. He's locked up in there. And then uh, the black phone on the wall that's been disconnected starts ringing. What? Wait, but it's disconnected. Uh, well, and then he, he picks up the phone and. And hears nothing. And he hears a voice. A voice of a little boy. And what we come to find out is that the other boys that uh, the grabber has killed, um, their ghosts can communicate through this phone to Finny. So, the title of the film. (laughs) Sure. We all agree it's the black phone. Yeah. Do you like that as a title? Or do you think it should have been... The Naughty Boy Hotline. <laughs> Naughty Boy Hotline. <laughs> yeah, it should have been Naughty Boy Hotline. <laughs> okay, I don't think so. I think that gets. I think that creates the wrong impression. But <laughs> we're getting the wrong audience there. <laughs> Bunch of grabbers out here. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, by the way, speaking of uh, speaking of Naughty Boys and yeah. grabbers sitting in chairs, Ethan Hawke, man. He's, he's, he's like holding it he's, together. Yeah. He's not a young man and he looks incredible. Dude. He's sitting there with his shirt open. Have you have you uh uh watched the before movies, the before sunrise, before sunset and uh before midnight? 
Uh, no, I have not. Oh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. You like them? Yeah, I. They're they're really good. <laughs> they're really really good. Are they all uplifting? No, <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm into that. Um, if you if you want the most uplifting sort of story, then I would stop watching uh, after two. Okay. And uh, but I mean they're not. You know, but before midnight is not. I don't think it's a downer. It's just a little bit more real. The mm. the movies they're all improvised by uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, and it's it's just like this really interesting way. Like the storytelling, the first movie, you know, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy are like in their early twenties, mm. and all of their conversations and and all of this stuff it's all it's from the perspective of somebody in their early 20s they have a lot of life left in them they have you know hopes and dreams that haven't been shattered yet you know they have um i don't know all kinds of like energy we'll say and then in the second one takes place i want to say eight or so years later maybe 10 years later Mm -hmm. and they're in their early 30s and you know, I know how that everything. goes. Yeah, you know, you know how that goes. Yeah. Not everything has worked out for them. So uh, uh, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, I, they're hosting a very niche podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that they, but uh, the, that they for some reason assumed everybody in the world would be super into. <laughs> um, yeah, good movies. Good movies. Check them out. Good podcast. Uh, Good podcast too. Okay, uh, I'll watch them. And then the third one, they're like, "We're old, we're at peace." But you know, it's like we've had a lifetime of disappointments, but we're not bitter. We're actually uh, doing pretty cool. Yeah, things work out. Yeah, I think I I love the way the third one ends. It's not, uh, it's not. I wouldn't say it's like super uplifting, but it's not a su- like a super downer either. Let me guess. Okay, it's bittersweet. Um, I know you're saying that with um, sort of a sneer. No, I was actually guessing. I, I said it with a sneer, but the sneer was not in my heart. Oh, okay. Is it? Um, it it's probably is bittersweet. it bittersweet? Maybe I don't know. I don't know if I would call it bittersweet, but whatever. I don't want to go into the fucking. That's a whole. Other I know it was improvised thing. by Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, but it could have been written by. Uh, what's that band? The Verve? The, yeah. Bittersweet Symphony. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's the, life. The Verve? Or the Verve, Verve Pipe? Which no, I think which? Verve Pipe is the the worst one. Verve oh, Pipe okay. is like... Uh, I can't be held responsible. No, that's something else entirely, I no, think. No, I, I think that's the verb pipe. Is it? Verb pipe is, I'm trying to keep my feet on the ground. I don't know that song. I'm good. I think that's it. Uh, now I have to look up verb pipe oh, rock this is band. Tough. Yeah, The Freshman. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Damn. Okay, that song rips, though, right? We can all agree. <laughs> when it's all about, like, uh, it's like abortos and uh is that what it's about yeah i think it's oh won't be held responsible i i think it's about an abortion maybe i don't know i don't remember 
been a while you, since I've listened to the what if you were what if you were only wrong because it's about two abortions <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's about like a lot of abortions <laughs> um, that's a, my least favorite bond girl a, a lot of abortions <laughs> a lot of abortions hey my favorite bond girl if you ask me <laughs> come on <laughs> come God. on that's the yeah we you know we we often agree on our opinions of the movies, but <laughs> Rob is pro extremely toxically pro-choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm He's pro-choice in it, through it, through an obviously selfish yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, lens. And I am <laughs> apparently pro-life based on what fell out of my mouth. I don't, I don't stand by that. I disavow. I disavow. That should be our, um, <laughs> That should be our sign off for every episode. Just I disavow. disavow. <laughs> and I disavow as always, everything I've just said. Yeah. yeah. And as always, uh, things we say do not equal endorsements. <laughs> it's just like uh, it's like uh, getting your last rights or just get going to confession after leading like a horrible life. Yeah. <laughs> like, where you've just stepped on everybody. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 no. I want to get in. <laughs> What happens if you you got to time that kind of thing just right? Because like, well, I mean, if yeah, if you, daddy leads, if daddy live, uh, you know, reads your last rites, yeah, and you have like even an extra moment, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't really feel much better. <laughs> then then you're cooked. Yeah, then you're totally cooked. Yeah, you want. Yeah, I guess. Uh. I guess you want them. You want a. You want a priest there, as we saw in uh, the Exorcist. You want somebody there as you're dying to read you your last rites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the bottom you, of the you stairs. want your. You want your head just about twisted all the way around. <laughs> yeah. So this here black phone. Um, that would have been a better title. <laughs> this here black phone. This here black phone. Uh. So he gets a call from, I think the first kid is Bruce. Um, and yes. he's like, uh, you know, he, he, and these kids, they can't remember their names. And he's like, Oh, you're, you're Bruce. I, uh, we met each other once and he's, and he remembers Finney from his life, but he can't like, I guess once you die, like the first thing that goes is your name. That's um, what he says. But he says, I've been, uh, uh, when he got me, I started digging a like a, a hole, like a tunnel under this loose tile, and I was trying to get up under the other side of the wall. Um, maybe you could continue doing that. And Finn, he starts like, he starts pulling a fucking Andy Dufresne and scooping up handfuls of dirt and flushing it down the toilet. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty smart. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, what was the the next kid is Paperboy, um, yeah from Atlanta, from Atlanta, yeah yeah, yeah uh, the rapper, um, and, and what is he? He tells him about like uh, Wire. Is that him? Uh, is he the Wire? The carpet, the rolled up I, carpet. Uh, no, he, that's like that's a Finney original, right? That the the carpet is a Finney original. Yeah. So this the Paperboy kid. He's, he tells him that, like, uh, when he was down there, he was trying to get this wire uh, so he could, there's like a, you know, a window down in the basement. Finn can't reach it. And it's also has these metal bars in front of it. Um, so Finn 
he finds this wire and through through some uh you know quick thinking he grabs this carpet to like lead the wire up to up and through uh like rolled up carpet using the tube aspect to like you know mm-hmm. you should push the wire up through the the fucking grate yeah and then he he tries to climb it and all of this stuff is like i thought really good like uh like him try him figuring out like how to do this like first he tries just like climbing it like a rope in gym class and he like can't do it and the wire is like too slippery and shit so he ties like a loop at the bottom so he can stand on it and then what ends up happening is the 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 metal bars just sort of break off and they fall and leaving the window is accessible but he is not able to reach it at all yeah um yeah, what do you what do you what do you think of all these like little these little challenges? Yeah, these little like yeah. I'll uh, tell you what he has to go on. This whole structure is giving Gerald's game. It is yeah. It's very right. Gerald's game. Yeah. Um speaking of Gerald's game, you see the Flan Man is Gerald's gonna, game too? <laughs> yeah, he's making another one. Thank God. Uh, he's uh he's doing another Stephen King. Uh, no, what's picture. he doing? Is it what's he doing? Is it? Hold on, Tommy Knockers. No, mm. uh, I'll, I'll I'll look it up. I'll try and find it. But okay, um, yeah, it was it was some it it wasn't something that I had heard of, um, but whatever. So this. Uh, uh, yeah, the the structure of this, I I agree. I think it is very like Gerald's game, where it's like, okay, you have to try and do this. Okay, that doesn't work. Like, it's just a person trying to survive a situation, and not to mention talking through the situation with ghosts. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. Spooky. Um. <laughs> can be. Yeah, it can be. Can be so spooky. Uh. So. While like while this is going on, like the the police, the whole town is sort of uh, they're all like they've got search parties. They're looking for Finney, and uh, the police are going like door to door. And these two detectives, like our main guys here, they go to this uh, door and they they uh, they get Max, who's played by uh, James Ransone. Yes, and Max is. Um, he's like this little wiry guy. He's like, you know, super hyperactive. And, and as soon as he sees the cops, he's like, oh, thank God you're here. And he, he brings them inside and he's like, he basically shows him like his, uh, like wall of clues and he's, yarn. He's, yeah. He's a, he's a true crime podcast yeah. enthusiast before, yeah before it existed. Um, for, for the listener, He's, uh, yeah, he plays Eddie in, he plays adult Eddie in It Chapter 2, which is, yes. I think is a good sort of like, he's doing Eddie on Coke, I guess, basically. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like, I mean, same jittery energy. Yeah. With, uh, impossible confidence. <laughs> yeah, if I'm right. Um, so Max shows him like this. It is a corkboard with like pictures and like news articles and a map. And he's like, okay, so here's what I'm thinking. Like, 
he's got to pick up these kids and get them home quick. So it has to be somewhere in this vicinity that the house, like where he's bringing them, right? And the the cops are like, so you haven't seen anything or right. heard? Yeah, anything. they're like <laughs> everything he says. They're like, we know. Yeah, yeah, we know I, the date and times that the kids were abducted that were published in the newspaper because we told the reporters. Right, we know and, all this. Yeah, and Max, and they're like, they ask, they're like, "You live here?" And he's like, "My brother lives here. I'm just staying here for a little bit." Um, and then one of the cops is like, uh, "You should clean that up before your brother gets home." And they're just like lines of coke on the <laughs> on the coffee table. <laughs> yeah, my guy. Um. Yeah, they're like, if you see or hear anything, let me know. And and he's like, or if I have any more like clues, right? And he's like, if you see or hear anything, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Nothing that's just in your brain. Right. Yeah. Um and then like so Max sits down, does another uh line, and the camera sort of like it like sinks down uh below the floor and goes into the basement. And Finney is in the basement. Now, I didn't, the, like, watching this, I didn't put it together. Like, obviously, yeah, one-to-one, you know, uh, it appears that Finney is in Max's basement. Yeah. But I did not put that together. I thought it was thought just it was sort just of like, like a clever camera trick. It, yeah, I thought it was yeah. just some sort of, like, a transition between scenes or whatever. Um, but no. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, like, just ambiguous enough, too, because, like, if you don't know Ethan Hawke is playing the grabber also, it's, like... Sure. Nothing... Even if you put that part of it together, it's, like, do you know? Right. That that wasn't the killer? Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, But it's not, and it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the moment of realization for him is... Oh, yeah. I mean, It's that's- delightful. It's really, yeah. It's, I love how, like, he doesn't, he doesn't speak his inner, inner monologue. They simply, it's just a close up on the pins on the board. Yes. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's very good. And like, since we know this guy is like a Coke guy and he's like already, uh, you know, it, it, it feels like the way that like Marin talks about his Coke days where he's like, in like sort of a mental frenzy you know and like not always uh able to like figure out the situation in the moment like being like sort of separated from what's actually happening in front of him you know yeah Yeah, it's a wonderful drug yeah (laughs) Um, also i gotta say this jumping ahead a little bit we won't reveal what it is but i think the sort of like sequence that leads out of that moment of realization for him that needle drop is like one of the one of the better needle drops of recent memory was that the pink floyd one yeah i guess we will talk about now but yeah yeah, that that i think is like ah really well done really really well done yeah the needle drops in this aren't uh overpowering or like aggressive they have there are a couple of them where they're like you know this is a song from the 70s that we're listening to right now but it's not like they're not fully uh every scene isn't like introduced with a new fucking like you know uh dazed and confused soundtrack song you know (laughs) like um and to pick that 
Pink Floyd song, which could right. pass as just like the score. Totally. Just like a synthy score. <laughs> yeah. Is like, is very smart. Um, yeah. Probably the biggest needle drop or like the most ne- in your face needle drop is free ride by the en- Edgar winter group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's like clever and cheeky. And also with his face painted white, uh, Ethan Hawke has an <clears throat> Edgar winter ish quality. Yeah, albino quality. Yeah. So it all adds up. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Finney, he, uh, well, all this time, like the grabber comes down he like brings food for him. Uh, he brings, he brings down eggs and a Sprite. Now the Sprite is in this tall glass bottle. Looks and, delicious. Oh man. They, I, I wanted that Sprite so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the second best Sprite ever shown on, on film. What's the first best? The one that uh, Samuel L. Jackson drinks, the one from Big Kahuna Burger <laughs> in yeah. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. It's Mind if I wash it down? To wash this down. <laughs> it's very good. And of course, uh, what I wouldn't give to try a Big Kahuna Burger. Ah, uh, right. What do they? What do they do? They put it on a Hawaiian roll, and then what? Pineapple? Pineapple on that burger? What's on there? <laughs> <laughs> Which like conceptually doesn't sound that good, but there's just something about yeah the paper and the oh, way the he's chewing on it. I mean, yeah, the burger. I mean, if we can sidebar for a minute, that burger looks like the best fast food burger I've ever seen. Yeah, that's like a commercial level fast food burger. That's what mm. they want you to think is going to happen. Yeah, they do the thing where they take like a big syringe and like pipe a little bit of mayo into the, they dot the oh, mayo yeah. and ketchup <laughs> into the spots you can see. Yep, yep, pickle yep. just hanging tastefully hanging out. Yes. Oh man, have you ever seen like how they make those commercials? Like uh, behind the scenes on those? Uh it's pretty, it's pretty wild stuff. Yeah, it's I didn't I think the thing that I always find most surprising about it is that it has to be made with the same stuff like they can't they're legally not allowed to fake it Uh uh-huh yeah i mean there there's this uh all whenever they show food in commercials whether it's like a burger that's like a complete you know it's a patty the lettuce tomato all of it Mm. or if they're just showing the ingredients individually they have to be in motion like oh that's the rule they set for themselves yeah so like uh in most commercials you'll see food in motion because whatever fucking uh you know market research they've done like food sells better if people think it's people it's moving or whatever it gets moving all around <laughs> yeah uh so uh this one scene where uh the grabber he he walks downstairs to bring Finn his food um and there he's talking he's like um you know they they haven't talked about you in the papers yet and he's like i might and and he's like if you let me go like i won't i I promise i won't tell anybody and he's like oh maybe i'll let you go i don't know um what and he asks finn what his name is and he says like taylor or something yeah and the grabber gets very mad and he throws the food down on the floor and throws a newspaper at him and and he said and he's like you're a liar you you lied to me and naughty boy you're yeah naughty boys lie and then he's like and then he uh 
he turns and he's like, I, I was going to let you go, but uh, I'm not going to let you go now. Right. Which like, I don't know. I love the, like that sort of like mind game kind of shit with like serial killers and like, you know, in movies where they're like, like, like he never had any intention of letting him go, but he's like, right. You know, Oh, if you, if you act just right, I might let you go. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like, right. Like the fact that he beats the one kid with a belt, like it's set up to parallel the shit with the dad. Sure. Right. Like, and, um, even the way that like the dad sort of like, spoiler repents at the end makes it feel like this is just like a a heightening of that exact dynamic right where it's like nothing they do will ever be good enough right for their dad um because he just he needs to be in control and and whatever else but yeah it feels like uh the same psychology is at play here it's just like that pattern of abuse yes just taken to the nth um, so while all this is going on with Finney and the grabber and whatever, um, his sister Gwen, uh, is, uh, she's having these dreams, right? Like she, she sees some of the other kids, like what happened to them and which they like, they show the flashbacks in like this grainy sort of film looking, yeah. uh, you know, presentation. Um, and they show like uh, the paper boy being like abducted with like, uh, and his dog is just like sitting there, which I think I'm pretty sure most of these are based on like true abductions. Ugh. I know makes it so much worse. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Real quick before, or, you know, before we go farther, the, uh-huh. the device of using like the film grain as yeah. the, sure the visual to let you know we're in like a a, a dream or the past a dream. i love that so much more than any kind of like weirdo gauzy filter kind of oh, thing yeah. you could do it's such a such a smart touch and it, like it, made, yeah. it makes so much sense in this movie seeing as like it's a you know it's set in the 70s so like the film grain like i don't know it just sort of like matches the time period yeah it evokes it and then there's like I mean, like even things like the road, I don't know. Did people use rotary phones in the seventies? Yeah. Probably not. Uh, yeah. They did were they? still around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, never mind. But anyway, I just like the, the way like technology and media is like such a part of these kids lives. Like, right. Like we talked yeah. about how they're latchkey kids and like right. all that stuff. It's like the phone is the, the phone is the conduit to the other, you know, to the spirit realm or whatever. And like, you get this sort of impression too, that like film works the same way. Mm -hmm. And we do have that scene early on of, uh, Finney and Gwen watching, uh, like the tingler, the tingler. So, okay. You want to talk talk about the tingler? Let's talk tingler. All Um, right. We're talking tingler. Uh, so the tingler is a movie directed by William Castle. William Castle was, uh, he, he was a filmmaker, but he was also like, um, I don't know. He, he was like a showman, you know? So with the tingler specifically, um, he, like he would tour the country with the movie, right? Um, the movie, uh, the Joe Dante movie matinee, Mm uh, is sort of based on William Castle and, that whole like era. 
Um, he would make movies about like you know giant ants and shit like that. Yeah. But uh, the Tingler, uh, it, you know, it stars Vincent Price. I've never actually seen the the whole movie. I've only seen clips. But what he would do is in wherever whatever town he was in, the theater he would go to. Um, he would set up like one or two seats with like a, a small electric shock. And at certain points in the movie, uh, you know, he would zap somebody and they would jump up and scream, you know, and that's like, that's why it's called the tingler. It's because of this like electricity sort of thing that's in the, the seats. Yes. But it was just like this sort of marketing tactic that he would use. And it would like, you know, he real, he real smell of vision vibes. Totally. A hundred percent smell of vision. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love that kind of shit though. Like, you know, uh, this guy who's, you know, he, he's a filmmaker, but he's also like a, a circus ringleader or something like he's, you know, he, he's going like way above and beyond to like, yeah. you know, make a name for himself, you know? Yeah. So, um, that's tingler. real quick. The real yeah. quick. So they're watching it and the, it's in black and white. Yeah. But the blood is filling. With, I mean, the bath is filling with red blood. Yes. What do you make of all that? That's not. Is that how the movie is? Can't be. Uh, why not? Because <laughs> uh, Pleasantville wouldn't come out for another like 30, <laughs> 40 years, my boy. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess anything's possible. Movie magic. Yeah, I, I think they. I, th- I think that's real. I think that's yeah. how they actually did it. It's pretty cool. Um, Looks it is great. pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess you could just like paint on the film or whatever. Yeah, that's they used to probably, do that all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really uh, overthinking this. Um. Okay. So. Uh, Finney gets a phone call from. Uh, I, I forget which kid this is, but another boy. Um, who says that, uh, you know, he was abducted and killed and, um, Billy, right? Yeah. Is that, this, yeah. Oh no, wait, Billy's the, the window bars. Okay. Sorry. This is Vance. And Vance is not like, like tough kid, right? No, Vance is the, oh no, no, no. Vance is the tough kid. Griffin. Griffin. Griffin's the one who, there who's go. laughing all the time. Yeah. 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 So Griffin, he says that, uh, you know, when he was abducted, the grabber also took the combination lock off of his bike. Um, and he uses that lock on his front door, uh, on the, on the storm door. So like you could open the front door, but then he's got like a metal screen that, you know, is locked up. Uh, so he said, he tells him that he wrote down the combination so he wouldn't forget it. And he, he wrote it on the wall. So Finn goes over to the wall and the numbers are like they're spaced in such a way that you can't tell if it's like a three or a 33 or a 17 or a one or whatever. Yeah. So he's like, and the kid can't remember cause he's dead. So Finn's like, fuck, I got to try all of this. But the kid on the phone, the dead kid, he says he's sleeping right now in his chair. If you're really quiet, you can, you'll be able to get out. Uh, so Finn, like, creeps upstairs and the grabber is passed out in in like uh, a chair in the kitchen just like facing the basement door 
Mm. And, and he does that. The Sar of Logs. <laughs> yeah. Don't you this think? This guy is honk shooing over here. Um, he does the other thing where, like, uh, I don't know, you know, like where he like almost wakes up and he's like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> and uh, Finn goes over to the, the door and he's able to, after trying several combinations, he's able to get it open. But a dog starts barking and wakes up the grabber just as Finn breaks through the front door and he's out and he's running down the street and he's screaming and the grabber gets in his van and, uh, you know, tackles him and puts a knife to his throat and says, if you say any, you know, if you scream or whatever, I'll. Uh, I'll stab I'll you. Got you like a pig and strangle you to death with your entrails. Right. That's that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. So Finney, he doesn't say he doesn't scream, doesn't say anything. He he gets kidnapped again and gets thrown in the basement again. Um. And then the next day, so at this point he's been down there for maybe like three days. Um. The next day he gets a call from. Uh, what's the kid's name? Vance? Yes. So Vance is like this. Uh, he's like a like a tough kid in town. He's got this like big sort of like blonde mane of hair. Um, they call him like the pinball king or something like that. Because at this convenience store, there's a pinball machine that he's always playing. Mm-hmm. And one day he's like he's playing and he fucking and somebody bumps into him and fucks up his game and he beats the kid and they get into like this fucking nasty brawl where like the kid pulls a knife and uh and vance gets arrested um and vance and this sort of dovetails into like grainy footage premonition yeah vance carves the house number or carves a four sorry carves a four digit number onto the arm of the kid he beats up. Yes. And then um, Gwen follows, you know, she's like in her own premonition, follows him out to the police car where the police are like putting, yeah, yeah. you know, they throw him in the back or whatever. And he starts repeating the exact conversation he had on the phone with Finney. Yes. Um, he's basically talking to both of them, having, you know, what he's saying matches up with both of what they're saying. Right. Uh, I like that a lot. I think that's a clever I, little device. I agree. I thought it was a really clever way to play out the scene. And the fact that like, right, like he's having the same, his side of the conversation is the same, but he's having it with two different people and they're yeah. saying two different things. And it also like plays on the idea that they set up where like, yeah, Gwen, you know, she has these visions or whatever, and she thinks she's talking to Jesus. Right. Uh, Christ. <laughs> from the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by contrast, you know, like, Finney is just picking up this phone and having these ghostly conversations or whatever. So it already kind of, they're already, like, playing on the idea that, like, whatever this is that they're tapped into is, like, they're just calling it different things, and it's some third thing that's like bigger than any name you could give it kind sure. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, I've, yeah, again, having the same message come through and have value for both of them all being interpreted pretty differently. Yes. It's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, 
the uh, the kid Vance, he tells Finn, he's like, man, you gotta, uh, you you're gonna have to fucking you know figure something out, man. Today's the day. What he says, today's the day, motherfucker. And uh, and he tells him like, is he the one who tells him about the freezer, right? Yes. That he has uh, to like, yeah, Vance refrigeration. Vance, right? There you go. Uh, he tells him that uh, there's a spot in the door or uh, in the wall that if you break through it and take there's like a you'll you'll break through the wall and there's a, a freezer like a stand-up f- double door freezer on the other side that if you break through the wall and open up the uh like the, the vent on the back of it you'll be able to get into the freezer and you know through the door hypothetically which he does that he breaks through the fucking wall and he gets into the freezer but he can't open the door because it's one of those doors that you that they used to warn kids about that you can't fucking open <laughs> they would <laughs> suffocate and shit yeah um so that's another fucking dead end uh so he then, like that's like and that kind of like breaks him he's like i'm gonna fucking yes. die down here right oh but then what happens rob he gets another phone call maybe the most important phone call yes because it leads to a short training montage <laughs> yeah he gets a phone call from his buddy robin uh, and uh i i i really i like this a lot i like the two of them just sort of like it, it wasn't like uh it didn't feel like sad and like finney wasn't crying or anything like that it wasn't yeah like that it was just like two friends talking yeah um but he's like you know early on when he, those bullies are they corner finn in the bathroom uh yeah robin tells him he's like one day you're gonna have to fight back man and on the phone with him now he's like remember what i said he's like yeah one day i have to fight back he's like today's the day man mm. so he tells him to take the phone the receiver and fill it up with dirt to give it like some weight and uh he gives him like uh a couple like steps he's like step forward step back and step forward and swing you know like and he's like practice it and and the two of them are like practicing it Uh, that goes on a couple too long (laughs) yeah it probably goes on a a second one beat too long but uh i don't know it's not i mean yeah even so not a big deal. What movie am I... Th- There's another movie where someone fills up a phone with something heavy to hit someone with. Oh, no, wow. no. That's also from The Office. He puts weight... He weighs his phone and then r- gradually lightens it so that oh, when he man. picks it up, he hits himself in the face with it. Sorry. <laughs> you, you've you been listening to um, too much of The Office, ladies, if right. you ask me. I just... I think they're both so... Um, interesting and different from one another. <laughs> not like not like this show where we are both very different from one another. <laughs> well, I have a beard and you have a mustache and uh, five o'clock shadow. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, different you're, guys. You're tall. I'm short. Yeah, we we have a, a Mario Luigi thing going. That's on. right. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, uh, what an honor to be the the Bob Hoskins of this duo. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I could see myself as a Johnny Legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, so Finney, he, um, he's like, uh, you know, he's practiced, he's ready. Um, and, and just then that's when Max, the, the, the Coke brother from earlier, not to, not like the, not, the, not like the, not the conservative, family. the right wing yeah, yeah. lobbyist. <laughs> yeah. 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 The um, cocaine brother, the cocaine brother. Uh, he, he's sitting there and he like, he, he's looking at the map and like, and what street he's on and whatever. And he's like, starts putting it together. And he, he goes down to the basement and he opens the door and he sees Finney there and he's like, fuck man, I knew it. I knew it. And, and he's like all excited with himself. He's like, he solved the fucking case. Right. And he's like, I love what does him in here is that he's like, he's like, can I tell you how I figured this out? Oh my God. (laughs) So like, so Finn's like, can, can, can you let me out? He's like, oh yeah, man. Like you, you don't have to worry. He's right. He's at he's work. At right work. Now. He's like fucking yeah, yeah. moron. Yeah, it's fine. I guess he lied about this one thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, Max is like, "Can I tell you how I figured it out?" And Finn's like, "No." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the on the sorry, I'm thinking about the at work thing. Yeah. This like we were saying about how they don't show the kidnappings until uh-huh. Finney is kidnapped and like that kind of thing. This movie yeah. doesn't really traffic in like dramatic irony all that much. No. Right. Like the audience is not in on everything except for that. It's like a great moment of like building tension where it's like, we know he's going to buy a tarp and like other murder supplies. Yes. At so, that point. Right. We yeah. saw that. Yeah. We saw him like stocking up on, on his little like, yeah, murder supplies or whatever. They have the uh, they have the exchange with the cashier where you know, and they're like working on a weekend project or whatever. Except they're like, "You uh gonna kill a boy tonight?" Yeah, <laughs> you uh you're looking to kill a boy over there. <laughs> um, where so, where where in the world was that? Was that your main? That's Maine. Oh, yeah. we're in Denver, bro. Oh, I don't I don't, I don't know what. They Yo, said. are you looking to kill a boy tonight? <laughs> That I'm is going, what they sound like in Denver. I'm going to shred some tasty powder. <laughs> Isn't our airport fucking weird, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is like you get those people to a normal altitude, they stop talking like that. <laughs> They're just not getting enough oxygen <laughs> to their brains. <laughs> oh my. Oh. Oh, oh this is this is much better. Thank you. Yeah, the air's so thick down here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thick and delicious. Yeah. What's up? We are sea level boys, aren't we? We are. We are. Yeah. Uh, so Max is like, he's all his. He wants to tell Finney how he figured it out. Just then, Max gets an axe through his dome, Ugh. and and the grabber, Ethan Hawke, fucking, he just chops his brother right in the fucking head, kills him right mm-hmm. there, boom. And then he's like, "Look what you made me do. You made me kill my brother." And and says he was an idiot, but he was my idiot. Yeah. Um, hey, what what is that other? Uh, I have a incest. The game. The whole family. Mook, can, oh. But it was my mook. Remember uh, that? No. <laughs> That's What's from Thinner. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Joe Montana. Yes. I mean, weirdly, I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weirdly. <laughs> Is that Fat Tony? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Gwen, the sister, while this is all happening, she, um, through her visions, she finds the house. She finds, like, the address that she saw in her dream, the the weird, like, uh, dead tree that's in the front yard. She, like, she, figures it out. Yeah, she's biking around the neighborhood looking for it. Well, she figures it out because she has one last premonition, which is six dead kids standing in the road to let her know she's oh, reached yeah, to, her destination. Yeah, she's reached her destination. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so then she calls the detectives who like the the detectives at a certain point, like halfway through this, they they go to her and they're like, so do you have any more premonitions? Yeah, that they're, we could they're completely use? bought in on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she dead zone style. It, what style? Dead zone. Dead zone style. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like the dead zone. Um, yes, yeah, it's going to break, babe. <laughs> babe. Babe. <laughs> uh so uh, she calls the detectives and there's like this mad scramble to get over to this house. Um, this is the, the needle drop that you were talking about. Yes. Which right. is, um, what's that song called? Is it on the run? Does that sound right? That's that does sound right. Um, but it's the track on dark side of the moon. That's just like, Hi hats and synth loops. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's just, it's that. mad arpeggios, babe. <laughs> it is mad arpeggios. Uh, on the run. That's, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that song for like the song rips, but it's like, it, 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 it does play as like almost, um, on the album, I guess. Like there are no words to it. Right. It's just this like, music mm-hmm. and it it's like uh it grabs you in it pulls you in with like all of its like weird kind of stuff but it's also like transitioning into what you know what's happening next yes. it's the a couple things i like about this just aesthetically i mean this song for as frantic as it is it's also like there's this weird quiet tension to it yes. like it's intense but it's not loud which makes it more tense yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I like is like, I mean, Dark Side of the Moon, famous for syncing up with movie sequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it gives it like another, there's like that meta element to it where, again, it's like talking about, you know, just sort of, again, the like metaphysical qualities of like technology and media. Yes. It's just sort of on the peripheral of the movie. So, real uh, egghead the- shit. Yeah, real egghead fucking nerd shit. Forgive me. Put me in a lock, babe. <laughs> Accidentally lowered my chair as I was saying that, so it's not <laughs> like I kind of hiccuped or something. That's why. <laughs> babe. Uh, babe. <laughs> uh, so the, the cops are scrambling to get over there. Um, we know that, like, uh, Finn tried to escape, so uh, he has become uh, a naughty boy in the eyes of the grabber here. Um, so, and the, the grabber brings his dog downstairs. Who's like this huge, it's not a Rottweiler. I don't know what the fuck kind of breed it is, but it's like yeah. a big black dog with very sharp, with teeth. like the cropped ears or whatever. Yeah. Scary. Uh, yeah. What, what are those things? I've seen them before. Know. It's like a demon dog. Huh? Yeah. They're like tough guy dogs. They are tough guy dogs. Yeah. Not, not a Doberman, not a Rottweiler. It's like, it's like a Doberman sized pit bull kind of, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some kind of big hound is a, some kind of big hound. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think. Uh, hold on, let me let me check something. Click, click, yep. click. No, no. Uh, Ding. Yeah, it is some kind of big hound. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, the grabber says, "I'm going to take my time with you. You have been a nuisance, or whatever." He and is like he is like you're built different. You yeah, got, you does. got that you got that dog in you. You got that dog in you, and I don't like it. Yeah, uh, but he says you're so, special, right? Is what he actually says. Yes, yeah. I think he does say that. Um, so yeah, the grabber. Uh, so Finney, like he runs, and so at this point, like all of these like things that he's tried to use to escape. Right. Like digging the hole, uh, using the wire to try and like uh, climb out of the window, all of these things like he uses all of these things to uh, to basically fight back against the grabber. Um, He he runs over to the toilet and which which is just past the hole that Bruce was digging that Finney also continued to dig. And he puts a rug over it, and the and the the grabber runs after him and falls in the hole and breaks his ankle. Yeah. And he, it breaks, breaks it on the the grate on the, from the window. Yes, right. It's so good. It's pretty good. So he yeah the uh, Ethan Hawke is in this fucking hole, and his ankle is broken and he's all pissed off and. And Finn starts wailing on him with the, the telephone, just fucking really fucking beating the yeah. shit out of him. And he starts doing the move. One step forward, one step yep. back, then forward and swing. Starts and, doing the move. It's and really he does good. it. It's so funny. It is kind of funny that it just keeps working. Like, he just does the same thing. He's not doing it that fast. Right. It's just like, I know. but he's also like, it makes sense. It's like this man is incurring a lot of head trauma as this goes on. Sure. So it's like, he's not getting <laughs> sharper as it goes. Right. Um, but the one time he doesn't do, he gets like kind of cocky and just like yeah. goes at him and gets grabbed by the yes. grabber. Like, duh. Right. But then uh, it's time to finish this fucker off. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So, while this again so they're having this scuffle the cops they they show up to the house they break down the door and this is like a real silence of the lamb situation where they're at the wrong house mm. and everybody and you're like fuck come on man well no they're not at the wrong house well they, they think they are, are. well yes <gasps> they're no no so they start the out house, across the street yeah, so they oh, go to the house okay. that they go to that they you know kick down the door and whatever is the house from her dream. That is the house that uh, you know that it was in their fucking uh, in her premonition or whatever. Yeah. But it's just not the house that the grabber and Finney are in. And just that like they're going through and there's like there's nothing there and they're like what the fuck like this isn't the house. And he's like wait there's a basement. And they go down in the basement and they see five l- little graves of the, the boys that he's killed so far, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, fuck, he's he's dumping the bodies here. He's the like, He's got to be close, right? So they're like, you know, they, you know, they set up a perimeter. They're like, all right, we're going to, we have to like examine this house and it's a crime scene and whatever. So while this is all going on, Finn is down the basement beating the grabber in the head and he knocks off the grabber's mask and i love the reaction here uh i was reading that this was ethan hawk's uh 
idea to have him sort of react like uh yeah once his mask is knocked off he's no longer the grabber he's you know whatever ethan hawk's character's name is and he's like he like screams and he's like my mask my mask yeah which is like it is consistent throughout right it's set up he's got the hat on he's got the sunglasses like he's as covered up as he can be kind of thing yeah totally um and and but but that's i'm sorry yeah i was just gonna say that's also like a classic sort of like king thing king family trope where Uh you like unmask the monster and it shrinks before your eyes kind of sure right like he as soon as he loses his mask he's just like a screaming blathering baby like literally it chapter two yes pennywise turns into a little baby not great (laughs) not great not Uh, great so so the mask comes off and grabber screams and finney takes this opportunity to wrap the cord around his neck and the way that it's set up like he's like halfway in this hole right and finney like wraps it around his neck and like i don't know how do you how would you describe it he's like pulling uh he's they're, behind they're the grabber, sitting, yeah like, they're back to back back right back to back and and, and finney is just like re- like just yanking down on this wire choking him out right and uh and while you know he's choking him out and like right now like he's gonna he's got him like he's it's all over for the grabber here and just then like the phone starts ringing and uh one of the things too uh we hear early on probably should have said this earlier but oh right uh, the the grabber can also hear the phone. Um, this isn't just a finny thing. So the phone starts ringing, which the receiver has been filled with dirt and pulled off the wall. And I, I don't know. I just think that's very fun that it's still ringing, yeah. but, uh, he, uh, finny gra- takes the phone and puts it up to his, his ear, uh, the grabber's ear and says, it's for you. And it's all of the boys, all of the ghosts, and they're they they basically go through everything that they were saying mm. to it's the it's the naughty boy hotline. It is the naughty boy hotline. <laughs> but they they say everything basically that they said to Finn earlier. It just has a different context, now. right? Yeah, like, like Vance. Vance, I think is like right. the most. I mean, certainly the loudest. But he's like, "You're gonna die, motherfucker." He's right. He had Today's said the that, day, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, and. uh yeah, he when says, he said it right, when he says it to Finney, it's a warning, and now it's like gloating. No, yeah. Right. And uh yeah, and then the last kid on the line is that kid Bruce, and and he says, Finney's arm is mint. And just then like Finney like cranks down on that the wire and like I don't know Chokes. if he snaps his neck and but he seems dies like it, right yeah. There. Yeah. Right. And 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 then Finney he gets up. He he, I love this too. Like the dog is still guarding the door, and Finney goes into the freezer that he accessed earlier and grabs a steak and just sort of like throws it off to the side so the dog go, is distracted. And then he goes upstairs and he sees all of the cops are outside and across the street. So like the grabber had two houses across the street from one like each other. They. He killed them in that that house and then buried them in the yeah. house across the street, which they conveniently 
add to the conclusion of the movie for idiots like me who didn't realize what was going on. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that uh, uh, Gwen is there, and the two they see each other and they hug, and and then uh, Jeremy Davies comes uh, out there, and right, he has that sort of. You like, mean Henry? Henry? Henry Davies? Tommies? Yeah, Henry Tommies. Um, and he's like, he apologizes. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so like for you know being an abusive drunk dad. Yeah. Maybe he changes his ways. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? Um, but then I guess some time passes, and like the last scene is Finney back at school, and before he was just kind of like invisible, like whatever. And now all the kids in school are like talking about like that's the kid that fucking killed the grabber. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're one of the one of the ADR lines you hear is, "I thought he'd be taller." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thought he'd be taller there was like people are like coming up with like rumors like i heard he cut the guy's head off or whatever (laughs) um and then uh he goes to a science class and he sits next to not the girl that he thought was so cute but a different girl Mm. that a girl um, who became his lab partner before all this happened and was like nice to him she seems to have like a little thing for finney yeah right and and the two of them just sort of like and she says like hi Finny and, and Donna, right? That's Donna. I think that is Donna, right? Because yeah. I seem to remember Gwen making fun of Finny, being like, yeah. "Ooh, Donna." Um, and that's that's it. That's that's the movie. Good it's flick. Good flick, man. I like. I I was, man. I was nervous. Even like watching even the intro to this, I'm like, oh, man, this is gonna fucking drag and be boring or whatever. But I was like, I was pleasantly surprised by all of it, especially yeah. like, dude, by that end, like when Finney gets the upper hand on the grabber and like starts kicking his ass and whatever, I was, you were hooting like, and hollering. I was basically cheering on my couch. I was like, this is, yeah, Finney, like, you give him what for tears yeah. in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tears in my eyes. Grabber's coming up to me, <laughs> tears in their eyes. Well, hey, maybe the most famous grabber of them all. Hey. <laughs> and I won't say President by, by what or where no. he grabs. But, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I really, I like this movie a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, yeah, as, like, it's such a dark sort of uh, premise, you know, about, like, a kid being kidnapped and then other ghosts of dead kids previously kidnapped, like try and help him. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I wasn't bored at all throughout the movie Yeah, and I thought it all really worked well. Yeah. It's weirdly a coming of age kidnapping movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause like his whole setup, which we didn't really get too much into. You kind of just mentioned it. Like, um, He's passive. His whole thing is being passive. Yeah, like right. as as Gwen's getting hit by their dad, um, he's just standing there. He's just watching right. it. He's just getting his ass kicked by the bullies at school. Right. Uh, he bully- has other well, everyone but him does his fighting for him, right? It's like yes. Robin, Gwen even like Right. When she picks up the rock and like cracks that kid in the head. And then they're just sitting next to each other while <laughs> Finney's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. But that even that is like because like one of the themes here is just like it's kind of like 
it's a little bit no country for old men. It's kid power. True. Right? Sorry, old men. Yeah. Kids only. Kids rule. Kid, but like kids rule. Adults rule. That moment, I mean, like, obviously you see it in the basement. It's like all these you know, Finney's learning from all these kids before him or whatever. Yeah. Um, whether we take it literally that he's talking to dead kids or not, um, you should probably. It's super, yeah, I it's, think su- he is. it's supernatural. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like that scene also kind of exemplifies that. Cause it's like, they still have the energy to fight. So let them fight, but we're just going to sit here and sort of like, you know, take our lumps a little bit and, and rest. You know, it's like now yeah. that we're out of the fight against each other, we're ultimately on the same side. Yes. Um, which is, it's a nice, it's not a big part of the movie, but it's in there. And I feel like it just, it, it everything by the end of it feels completely earned, which is a rare <laughs> treat. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It, I, it's, it is a rare treat. You're right. <laughs> and again, end for a movie to just end when the movie's over instead of there being another fucking <laughs> 15 minutes for no yeah. reason. Yeah. Being having the uh, the the I don't know, the fucking conscious mind to uh, to leave. What you know, yeah. get while the getting's good kind of a thing. Yeah. You know? Letting, Absolutely. Oh my god! Yeah, the plot has an arc. The characters have traits. Yeah. What more could you ask for? The movie is an hour forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, give it's me mean. all of that you got. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me just. I I really man I like like I was saying like I've been re- watching the the Friday the Thirteenth movies and they're all about an hour twenty to an hour thirty. Yeah. And I'm like, that's all you fucking need for these movies, man. Why are 100%. we doing? One hundred percent. Why? Why does it have to be two and a half hours for a horror movie? <laughs> and the fact it ends on like, they put such a fucking bow on it. Yeah. Like, to, just to like let him get the girl at the end for no reason. It's, <laughs> sure. It doesn't. It's a little. It's a little weird because again, this is a kidnapping movie, but it is also it is, it is also a a coming of age movie. So it doesn't feel totally out of left field. It maybe feels a little nicer than everything else that happens before there. (laughs) There are a trail of dead bodies behind him. Um, but whatever, you know, this kid just went through hell. I think it's kind of nice. Yeah. As a, as a dumb audience member. Totally. I like that. I like it too. I also, uh, I don't know. What the fuck? Like, you know how every movie is just about trauma now? Um, yeah. This is not about trauma. Not like there are traumatic things that happen in it. But like the the evil in this movie does not represent trauma. You know? Yeah. It, it It's. Well, I mean, it does, but he conquers it. And I feel like in pretty much every movie where like, you know trauma is the monster or whatever yeah. the uh, the suffering well, never seems to really end you're yeah you know uh, maybe maybe that that's a better way to say it yeah this that is, like yeah go on go on just like i mean that is um this is sort of like an old school approach 
to that yes. where it's like and you know as we're talking we come down pretty hard on like the elevated heart and like the the what if trauma was a monster trope <laughs> yeah yeah but right on the on the other hand i think just especially after the past uh few weeks leading up to this recording yeah um the idea of trauma feeling inescapable and uh-huh. whatever pretty uh pretty reasonable but also kind of a troubling trend and you you hope it's just like a moment that passes a little bit because like yeah the idea that you can so often we don't see people in movies get over the trauma like the horror movies that are about like trauma as a monster or whatever yeah it you don't see people uh like overcoming it or succeeding or whatever that it it always just like the babadook is just like well there's always going to be a babadook in the house yes (laughs) exactly you actually have to feed and take care of it right now basically other thing that you gotta fucking do (laughs) it kind of just like i mean that example is interesting because it's like you're you're basically the grabber of your own trauma (laughs) in that's in that arrangement well yeah you just go down and feed it worms your Babadook in the basement, sure. <laughs> um, but also, no, I mean, like, the... So, I don't know. I really kind of... The more I think about it, the more I like the idea of the grabber as, like, this sort of, like, exaggeration of what fake Henry Thomas as the father is, like, doing to these kids. Sure. Um, and I think part of part of why I, I think that makes so much sense is because... The moment where, and he has a name and it's Jeremy Davies, the moment where he (laughs) breaks down crying and apologizing to the kids, it's so not satisfying right? for either of them. And it's like, like something important has happened where it's like he, they've all like evolved out of this situation. I'll grant him that. But what he's evolved into is just like, accepting his own guilt and they're sort of like we we just processed you bitch yeah yeah. (laughs) like you know and like not to say it's like he's i mean obviously he's like a piece of shit or whatever but not to like discount the what it means to like get to that point in one's life if you can like fully accept and own the ways you've hurt people and like try to begin moving past that but like, I mean, that's sort of like, that's like the statement on trauma is like, you can move past it or like, it will always have happened. That's what that sure. moment is. It's like, yes, he's, he's crying because he knows what he's been to them. Yeah. And they're just like, they're kind of like, it's uh, okay. I guess yeah, yeah. Like, we have I'm, each other. Yeah. I'm glad you figured your shit out. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, I've also figured my shit out. <laughs> right. And so I figured out how to kill a man yeah, using nothing but right. a telephone. I've, I've killed a man with my bare hands. So <laughs> yeah. I've said watch yourself. <laughs> also, I mean, talk about just like how every sort of like how tidy the end of this movie is, even yeah. just like with him arranging like the booby traps and stuff. I'm remembering that like Robin talks about his dad being in like Vietnam and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And there's like a real guerrilla warfare element to that. it's great it's really is just like it's it's um king trope though i do want to note so i don't forget yes uh 
childhood best friend whose dad was in the military and is now a negative to non-presence in his life. Oh, sure. Is that a stand by me? You bet. Um, yeah, I mean, he like, I had a, a couple... I mean, abusive dads, of course. Do you want to... Should we do the segment? We don't do the do, segment. We don't do the segment. I wish... I wish I'd recorded uh, the song. Uh, all right, hold on. That's it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, so... Uh, abusive dads. Um, digging through a wall to escape imprisonment. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> And uh, kidnapping a, a little league uh, baseball player, drinking Doctor Sleep. You're gonna love this. That's a great one. It's also, um, no, no. I was gonna say The Outsider, but not quite. Yeah, yeah, not quite. Um, but check this one out. Yes. Uh, beating the toxic man in your life with the. Oh no, wait. He doesn't beat him with the top of the toilet, does he? No. All right, using a toilet lid as a as an implement to your own salvation. It uh, which uh, when Beverly cracks her dad with. The, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's a bit of a stretch, <laughs> but I'm sticking with it. No, that's I, I'll, I'll give it to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we don't we don't do like segments on on the hill of the king. I got another. Yep. I got another trope. Okay. I mean, first of all, being a Charlie Manx is a trope. Of course, being talking a about Charlie naughty Manx boys. Yeah, 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 and he's being a char- and he's wearing a top hat. He's being a Charlie Manx, right? Um, but also, what's up with Joe Hill and naughty boys? He Go loves on. naughty boys, dude. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, I'm trying to think of how to word this because it's very contrived. Okay, but taking a can mm-hmm. and either. And using it to either um, expel or collect vapor into or from a boy's mouth. <laughs> when does that happen? Uh, when he in- first kidnaps him, he oh, he makes he, like, him pass out with like some kind of aerosol. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how he knocks him out. <laughs> Doctor Sleep, where they uh, what's it? They collect Trimble? the yeah. The, they the get boy's that steam. Yeah, they collect. <laughs> Give me all your steam. Tremblay's steam. <laughs> Dr. Sleep colon the legend of Tremblay's steam. <laughs> uh, uh, this show's good. It is good. Um, yeah, just like, I don't know. Fucking, uh, I, uh, we don't do IMDB here, but I would give this like a 7.5. I, I, I do want to talk about it. I was surprised that it's as low as it is. They have it at 6.9. Yeah. And I think you got a clear seven. You got a clear seven, at least. I was yeah. like, uh, on uh, Letterboxd, I gave it four stars out of five. Like, yeah. I, I think it's like a really solid sort of thriller. And like, I don't know, it, it also feels like one of those movies that like, uh, like a kid would watch, you know? Totally. Like, yes. Where like, it's an R rated movie, but like, there's nothing like super graphic or anything like that. You can like a kid could in theory watch this and be okay. Might be scared of like grabbers, but like, you know, who isn't? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, I feel like there's sort of an invitation to have to like show this to your kids when, uh, 
Finney's like, oh, my dad would never take me to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. It's like, well, this is not as as frightening as that. Um, so maybe. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, like my, the things I, I mean, the things I don't like, the things I knock points off for. Sure. Um, not that I totally dislike it, but I think they execute it kind of weird. The, uh-huh. At a certain point when Finney picks up the phone, you see the ghosts of the kid, the yeah, other yeah. kids, and they're never like facing him really, which I think is kind of cool, but it seems yeah. like they're lip syncing to what they're saying on the phone. Yeah. So, right. So they're talking to Finn on the phone and then, uh, we, the audience can see the, the ghosts of whoever the boy is, Yeah, but Finn can't see them. Um, so, but that like the ghosts are just present, and like so you you get like kind of an idea of like what happened. Like there was the one paper boy kid, I think it was him that was like all slashed up. Yep, and you're like, ah, what happened? Like that's like you you never find out like how he kills any of these kids. Yep, but it's also like I don't know. I I feel like they did like everything with the grabber and like. They didn't go, like you said, they didn't go into the psychology of the guy. They didn't, like, we didn't get a backstory on yeah. or anything like that. We're like. Which also know. is like, <laughs> not that this movie is Zodiac, but it does kind of like <laughs> address the idea that he's just like a dumb fucking a, loser. A dumb fucking guy. Yeah. And yeah. like, Ray, it's just some, some creep living with his cokehead brother in. Yes. In this just like rundown shack. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not that bad, but no, you know, like a, it's, it's a, just like kind of like a rundown. The only all the furniture is like stacked up newspapers. No, not really. Sure, <laughs> but it's like the kind of that. couch you can smell just by looking at it. Yes. I think it's probably Death, a better way. Of that putting couch it. has a smell. Yes, um, the kind of house that like people were smoking indoors. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, it's the 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 Chapo trap house idea of the hot couch. It's like how every basement has a hot couch. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it it's, I think it's great for that. The, the thing I, yeah, really it's like the, the having them lip sync, the things they clearly recorded. Sure. Separately. I thought it was kind of weird. I love the show. We didn't even talk about this, but the one at a certain point, he has a vision of one of the kids ghosts in the corner of the room, like kind of floating on his back. Yeah. Um, but as though he's like hanging from his torso. So his back is like arched. Yes. And is, you know, the thing is that like the blood is dripping on the spot where he needs Finney to go or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, what a great creepy shot. You know, there's not a ton of that kind of thing either. So when it happens, it's like really getcha. Yeah. I like it. Great movie. Se- seven and a half to eight. Easy. Like it's the yeah. exact type of movie it sets out to be. Yes. And it I, I it fully succeeds, I think, at what it's what it's going yeah. for. And yeah. Um It's a really yeah, nicely that, uh, put together movie. And then the triumphant ending, like fucking Why not? Come on, man. Why not? Come on. Right? G- give us a win here, please. <laughs> that also makes it feel like a kid's movie to me. Yeah. yeah right? Absolutely. I like it. It's not yeah. speak no evil or <laughs> My favorite movie of all time. Yeah, yeah, you, the, yeah your number one comedy of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's got its. It's, it's got its, its moments. Sure. Um, 
Actually, it's got one moment repeated over and over and over again. Yeah, we don't have to relitigate this. <laughs> uh, but I bet but if you guys want to hear me and Dan oh, at yeah. each other's fucking throats, oh my god, yeah, you should check out patreon.com slash kingmepod where we disagree heavily on uh, on speak no evil. That's right, kingmepod. Uh, well, patreon.com slash kingmepod is also the only place you can go to hear the full breadth of Foen month <laughs> our <laughs> our loving tribute to phones in cinema and Larry Cohen <laughs> screenwriter Larry Cohen um you yep. can you also nope. go over there you get normally you'll get our twin peaks recap that we're doing but we're making an exception this Tuesday cuz we're between scenes and it's halloweens Right. We're the title is yet to be determined. I mean the right. well the film is yet to be determined, but Right, we're still figuring that out. But we're doing a special Halloween episode about a a Jollo movie. It's Jolloween, baby. It, it's Jolloween. You know it. Come on, babe. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Right, babe. Try to keep up, babe. Uh, yeah. Uh KingMePod.com. Yeah, I mean God damn it. Patreon.com slash KingMePod. Every time. Yeah. Dan is, uh, he's new at this. Um, I'm permanently so, new at this. <laughs> guys, if you want the bonus content, if you want to hear uh, full Tuesday episodes, go to patreon.com slash kingmepod and check them out. Yeah. Do you like Boko uh, for bonus content? Yeah, Boko. Boko. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. That's it, guys. That's the end. All right. Um, what did we say our sign off was going to be? I disavow. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. All right. Well, until next week, I'm Dan Gagliardi. I'm Rob Avon. And I disavow. I disavow. Good app. It really was, right?